I'm really excited about this morning. Mission Vineyard, very glad to be with you. Uh, I've got three humans in the room. So uh, I'm excited that this morning with these three humans, I'm going to interact with them. We've got some Facebook questions that we're going to be interacting about. And uh, I'm going to interact with them so that there's going to be some time where you can actually answer and I can interact with you as well. We're in a series called Jesus People. And I'm really excited about what Jesus people are in this world, what Jesus people can become to the world if they're transformed. Uh, This morning, I'm going to have some questions for you. Uh, I know that there's a lot of struggles going on right now. Uh, Tomorrow, for many of you, your children are going to become students, online students, but they're going to become online students from your homes. Uh, The city has decided that we're going to be streaming, no matter what district, until September after Labor Day. I can't imagine uh, what all of you are dealing with besides that, uh, as if the financial troubles weren't already there, as if the relationship troubles weren't already there, uh, spiritual issues going on. Uh, I'm sad, and I, I was sad this week, uh, although the church has been able to help families that are going through COVID. Uh, we were helping a family with rent, and uh, both the mom and dad of three small kids were in the hospital, and the dad did not recover. He passed away. I was sad when I heard that a teacher at Rogers Academy passed away. Uh, it, it has not come closer to home for me than that. Uh, for some of you, it has. For some of you, family members have been involved. Uh, I heard about a family member sick in the hospital today. I wonder what it looks like as a church to navigate as Jesus people through these times where we recognize that this virus is out of our hands. Where we live in the tension that we know that by prayer, God has asked us to pray that mountains could move, that people would be healed, that his kingdom would be demonstrated, not just by proclamation, but by demonstration of his power, and that he's called us to be a part of that. What does it mean to live in this virus, in this pandemic, school starting tomorrow, And we still are just at the beginning, I think, of fixing the racial hearts of this land. Well, in the midst of all these financial challenges, child rearing, whatever it is, I want you to know today that Jesus people have beautiful, beautiful stories. Now, beyond the stories that are going on in your hearts that we're going to remember today, we're going to get to the root of some of the Jesus people stories that you have. I want to get to the Jesus people stories, one of the first Jesus people stories that was told by the New Testament church. After Jesus ascended, after his disciples saw him, after there was a change in the guard of the 12, the Holy Spirit descended in a powerful demonstration of God's love, affirmation, power, and mission. And from that, a confusing time. A man named Peter had to articulate to a crowd of thousands, hey, we're not drunk. (laughs) This is actually what God has been planning to do all along. Our stories have now been wrapped up in God's story. A beautiful story. A beautiful story of redemption. A beautiful story of purpose. A beautiful story 
of salvation, not just for us, but for you who are listening. Peter said, my story has been wrapped up by the power of the Holy Spirit so that no matter what your stories have been, they can be changed, transformed, and redeemed as well. So I want to get to that this morning. We're going to be in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit has descended, and Peter gives us a beautiful sermon that's a little tough. And in verse 22, it's still a little tough, and then he gets to the meat of what it means to be wrapped up in this beautiful story. He said, people of Israel, listen. Listen to the beautiful story. God publicly endorsed Jesus, the Nazarene, by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him. The kingdom of God literally came through his body in so many different ways. But God knew what would happen. God always knows. And he prearranged, his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him. He released him from the horrors of death. Church, do you want to be released from the horrors of death? Let's become Jesus people. Look at this. God released him from the horrors of death. And raised him back to life. For death could not keep him in its grip. I want to get a Facebook question out there right now. My first question for you is, what do you love most about God? What do you love most about the story of God? The beautiful story that maybe you've heard. Maybe it was even as a child in Sunday school or Maybe you didn't hear from God then, but you heard God in a, in a powerful way recently. What do you love most about God? Herschel, what do you love most about God? You're here in the room, socially distanced. We're being safe. His mercy. His mercy. Jeff, what about you? What do you love most about God? His grace. Carol, what about you? What do you love most about God? He's always constant. What about you guys on Facebook? What do you love most about God? I want to see your comments here. I really want to interact with you this morning. We're giving space for this this morning. What do you love most about God? I love most about God that he's always there for me, no matter what's going on. From Steve Meacham, he truly loves me. Lucy, he took my sin and made me a part of his kingdom. I want to get one more. Who else is out there? Share this, by the way. If you're on Facebook, share it on your personal feed. I'll, I want to see if God wants to speak to somebody about being racked up in his story today. His mercy, Christine. Arlita, he's always up there no matter how I show up. He's always there no matter how I show up. Don, his relentless pursuit. Robin, he knows exactly who I am and he loves me anyway. Victor, his steadfast love. Humility from Kate. His ironic way of turning bad for good, as sinful as we are, with a cry of his heart. He does amazing things through ordinary people.
love that he will never leave me or forsake me. I'm hearing the testimony of the church this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. God, we love you so much. We love the story that you've made for us, that you invite us into. God, we want to be Jesus people that have a beautiful story. In verse 25, we continue chapter 2 of Acts. And Peter, at this point, isn't just sharing the story that he witnessed. Now he's letting David share the beautiful story. You see, part of the reason that we have the scriptures is that God is always inviting us back to the experience that he's given to other people. The scriptures are a gift to us of his beautiful story, even when we don't feel his beautiful story. Peter says, King David said this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken. Church, say it with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope. Church, say it with me. Feel it with me. Declare it over yourself. My body rests in hope. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Mission Vineyard, this is the beautiful story told by David, told the disciples, wrapped up with their own witness of what Jesus has done. History with Jesus. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was another experience that they had. Not only were they revealed the scriptures, not only did they have uh, David's words, not only could they testify to the whole journey of the scriptures, Moses taking the Israelites out, Pentecost lands, Pentecost being that place where all the Jewish people remember how God provides for them. And here they are, in this beautiful space where the Holy Spirit in his love descends in a palpable way. I know this has happened to some of you. We have our own history with Jesus. Peter had his own history with the Holy Spirit. And he's reading the history, David's history of his experience. It's faith going back to faith experience with God for a long time. Even if you're new to faith, I want to tell you that your story is wrapped up with thousands and thousands of years of God's activity in the world. The second we say yes to Jesus, it's not just our own past years of trouble, pain, and joy that become the foundation of our lives. We're wrapped up in God's continuous redemption story. From the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve fell, where he set them apart to be his partners in the world. From there all the way through Jesus, his life, death on the cross, and his resurrection and ascension, we accept becoming part of that beautiful story of God's activity in the world. I love David's words through Peter 
You will not leave my soul among the dead. My life is not going to count for nothing. I am wrapped up in the beautiful story that God has for the world. I become part of it. I commit myself to it. And I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, which gives me a new, new history. Uh, in the letter to Philemon, this is chapter 1, verse 6. There's a prayer for him, and it says, I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. We have an amazing history that we get wrapped up into. But I'm curious, in your life, Peter had Jesus, Peter had uh, the Holy Spirit, and he also had David's words. What are the good things that you get to experience because Jesus came into your life? I want this to be a Facebook question. What are the good things that you get to experience because Jesus came into your life? Herschel, what, what about you? Peace and joy. Herschel gets to experience peace and joy since Jesus came into his life. Jeff, what about you? The love? Love of like your personal experience of God's love? From everybody? Flows out from, from people that Jeff loves, of course, because Jeff's amazing. People do love him very well. Carol, what about you? Experiencing the larger family of God. These are great gifts that we get to experience because Jesus has come into our lives. Victor says, encouragement. Jeff Smith, I'm not alone anymore. Jan, being completely loved and accepted. Intentional community from Victor. What else, Facebook family? Peace from Arlita. Hope, Kate Boucher. So thankful for the testimony of the church this morning. Thank you guys for being so active. This is fantastic. What we know from watching enough news, from being on social media enough, is that when people don't have Jesus, when they're just people, blank people, when they don't have the fingerprint of God on them, the world looks, looks a lot different than, than those who are Jesus people. I get a sense, and I don't know if you get this too, that when we experience bad news, if Jesus isn't the fingerprint of our lives, hasn't formed us, hasn't transformed us, that bad news runs the day. It wins. When we think back on histories, it's typically negative. We have a hard time thinking about the positive things in the world. Fear often becomes the focus of our future. We worry about where the next meal is going to come from, even if our bank accounts are full. Without Jesus, our perspective on the world can be very, very, very sad because there isn't an eternal life. We don't have the promises from Acts that was spoken by David before, I will not be shaken for he's right beside me. There's no personal relationship that keeps us grounded. Instead of our heart being glad, instead of our heart and tongue shouting his praises, instead of the confidence that our souls will never be left among the dead. Without Jesus, we're left with this uncertain future of our bodies being left, buried forever without any life. 
without any real meaning or purpose. Temporal, just as temporal as our government, just as temporal as new politicians being voted for. We get so wrapped up in these temporal things because we don't have the confidence that our lives are eternal and wrapped up with the eternal. Jesus' people, I get, get to have a different perspective as we focus and and we receive the beautiful stories that we have because Jesus' people have beautiful stories. Those stories are wrapped up in a way where we have a redeemed past. Each one of us in this room today, let me tell you, we have a redeemed past. Is it blameless? No. Is it full of sin? Absolutely. But it's redeemed. Each one of us can look back, and if we ask Jesus, he would show us, as he has many of us in this room specifically, I'll show you where I was. I've shown you where I am. When you were hurt and abused, when there was trouble going on in your life, where you were rejected. Jesus has shown us, and it redeems our past. We get to look forward to a redeemed future where our bodies aren't left in the grave to rot, but they receive a new body, just like Jesus is when he walked among the disciples after the cross. He was the first fruits of that which we're going to receive after we die. When Jesus redeems the world and evil is put to bed forever, it's put to an end. We get to claim God's story as our story. Jesus' people, no matter what we're going through, have a beautiful story. Because no matter what we've been through, God is on the march to make all things new. He's making all things new for you today. I've been praying regularly for this mom who is on a ventilator in the hospital. She lost her husband. Raising her three kids, having to learn how to work. These are not just anomalies. These are not news stories. These are people that our community is connected with. Her story gets to be wrapped up with God's story. Tomorrow, as you're going through getting online with your kids for the first time, and you also have to work full time, and the craziness of the morning is going to overwhelm you as your kids are on Zoom for eight straight hours. That's not the end of your story. Your story is wrapped up with God's story, and it's beautiful because his march is the march of redemption. You may be struggling this morning with some regrets of your past. I I felt like God wanted to bring this up, and it can be a little sensitive, but for those of you who may have had an abortion, I I know that God wants to wrap you up in his story. For those of you... I I know a few of you where your parents decided not to have an abortion. They were contemplating it, and you were saved. God wants to wrap you up in his story. For those of you who are struggling with addiction or have a history with addiction, that's not the complete story. When we say yes to Jesus, he invites us to wrap up our histories into his history, into his trajectory, into his march towards beauty. We get to receive a beautiful, beautiful story. Now, I know today it's pretty easy to be distracted by what's going on in the news. 
I think we have something like 80 some odd days until our presidential election and things couldn't be more divided and things couldn't seem more crazy. It seems like there's a new thing blowing up all the time. And so we want to get excited about those things in positive and negative ways. And I want to challenge you, if you're new to Mission Vineyard, if you've been with Mission Vineyard, here's my challenge. It's a question, and maybe it's a question of vision. Mission Vineyard, will we be more excited about temporary leaders becoming presidents of a temporary country than the redemption story that God has begun, not only in the world, but in our personal lives? What are you going to be more excited about? The psalmist reminds us again, this is Psalm 96, 2 through 4. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news of a new president. No, that's not it. Proclaim the good news that what? He saves. Our God saves. He's on a beautiful trajectory of a beautiful story that he saves. On Facebook, the psalmist says, publish your personal opinions about politics more than your faith. No, it doesn't. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about your political opinions. No, it doesn't. Tell everyone about the amazing things that he does. We, why are we limiting our stories, church? Why are we limiting our stories to the darkness of the day, to the temporal realities that are going to fade away? Why are we limiting our conversations with our neighbors to the good and bad and up and down of things that are going to pass? Our stories are so powerful because Jesus' people are wrapped up in the beautiful story of God. The psalmist says, great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. Is he most worthy of praise on your Twitter feed? Is he most worthy of praise on your TikTok sorting? Is he most worthy of praise in your political opinions? Is he most worthy of praise as you pray for your family, as you think about your neighbors? Church, friends, we're under opposition. If you didn't get that, that's what's going on. There's an opposition that's going on in the world, and it's, and it's tangible, but it has spiritual roots. Opposition keeps us from bringing this beauty into the world. It intimidates us. It changes our focus. Makes us believe that the beauty that we have in our hearts is trite compared to anything else. There are some stats that I was reading this week, and they're pretty discouraging, I have to tell you. But you know them, and so I just want to put words to what you're feeling. This is true about us. This is the opposition that's going on in the world or the face of the opposition. This is what it looks like. Only 8%, 8% of those in the United States talk about faith once per week. 8% once per week. That's the most. Only 8%. 
15% talk about faith once per month. This is the story. This is the beautiful story of God's redemption. This is the beautiful story of his transformation in our hearts. Only 15% talk about faith once per month. This is followers of Jesus. 15% of them. Only once per month is the story, the beautiful story that that wrapped up in, is that coming out of their mouths or out on the keyboard? 15%. Which means that in a given year, you may have 10 connections about faith every year. I don't know how many connections you had on CNN or Fox or MSNBC. I don't know how many connections you had about politics this week with those on social media. But chances are you've had them much, much more than you have about the beautiful story of God's redemption. And if that's true, then your heart must be feeling really, really junky right now. Our hearts have been wrapped up. Instead of the beautiful story of God's redemption, they've been wrapped up in the passing negativity of our country. Jesus' people have a beautiful story to share. So why aren't we sharing it? Well, we come under opposition. I want to get out on Facebook these days, uh, and this is going to be a bit vulnerable with this room, and I want you to be vulnerable on Facebook. What is the opposition you're facing to sharing the beautiful story of God's redemption in your life? Herschel, what's, what's some of the opposition that you're facing? Two things on our mind. One is um, opportunity. Yeah. It's harder right now because we're not seeing as many people face to face. We don't see as, much, as many people, so it's harder. We don't have the opportunities. And the other is just my own lack of boldness. Lack of boldness. That's, that's honest. You're hearing from a longtime believer in Jesus. He's facing opposition too. Jeff, what about you? What's some of the opposition you're facing from sharing the good story of Jesus and his redemption in your life? It's hard. Carol, what about you? Yeah. Fear of what people might think. It's for sure. It's huge opposition. Facebook, what, what's some of the opposition you're facing? Destiny said, right there with you, Herschel. Fear of appearing religious, Jan. Fear of rejection or argument or Lita. Steve, being judged. Thank you, church, for being vulnerable this morning. Much of our fears are rightly pointed because we live in an absolutely secular society. No wonder most of what we face every day on social media or the news is junk. It's because... <laughs> There's no sense of God's story in the world. We're so focused and afraid of this temporal world. Some of the opposition is just that God's not real. We've become absolutely secular, godless. 
In fact, 35% of people in the United States believe that moral truth is an absolute. That's 65% that believe that moral truth is not absolute, that moral truth doesn't have any grounding. Do you know what happens when people believe that moral truth has no grounding? I want to show you a picture, and it's absolutely serious. This is the nastiest thing I have ever seen, and I want you to see it. This is what happens when moral truth goes away. Nutella on spaghetti. Friends, when we don't lean in to the great story of God, we start doing crazy, stupid things. The world... Politics looks much like Nutella spaghetti. It's not right, friends. This is not right. I want to thank Ian Meinsen for this picture, for revealing the distortion of our world in our country today. It's absolutely disgusting. I mean, our world is in, I've never felt so mournful for the destruction of our world until I saw this picture. We are in serious trouble 65% of people believe that it's okay for you to do this, and it's just not. I'm going to stand my ground on the foundation and say this is not right, church. Don't ever put Nutella and mix it with your spaghetti, ever. It's not right. It's just not right. The truth is, in our country, it's very hard to speak up about these things. It's easy to speak up about Nutella and spaghetti being absolutely wrong, a moral imperative that I can shout from the rooftop. But the truth is, 91% of people believe that the best way to find yourself is just within yourself. And friends, there are some people in this country that believe that Nutella and spaghetti is a good thing. 91% feel like it's okay to just go to that idea as your moral grounding. And it's not. Now, you and I know that I'm using Nutella and spaghetti as an analogy to the craziness that people have in their hearts. 91% believe it's okay to go there to find their moral grounding. 79% believe that Nutella on spaghetti is okay as you're not hurt as long as you're not hurting anyone and not just Nutella and spaghetti but whatever belief you have have whatever you want as long as you're not hurting anyone because of that 60% believe that sharing your faith sharing where the actual moral grounding for truth comes from is extreme of the world. This is why we're so intimidated. This is some of the opposition that we face for the beautiful story of what God has done in us and through us to come out. This is where the opposition comes from. 60% believe sharing your faith is extreme, which means that 47% of us believe that we're afraid to speak up about any important issue. Even Nutella and spaghetti. And many believe that our salvation narrative is not worth the social risks. 
Church, we've begun to believe that the stories that are going on in the world, whether they're about followers of Jesus or not, are more powerful and more worthy of telling than the actual beauty of what's going on in our lives and the story we get wrapped up in of God's redemption story. The opposition causes us to think that what's going on in the world is better news than we could ever bring to the surface through the transformation of God. There are social risks. There are social risks, but are they more important? Are they more important than getting the story out, the beautiful story that Jesus' people have? I don't think so. We have good news, church. And in that good news, I want to challenge you right now. We're going we're to proclaim the good news. Get ready, Facebook. We're going to proclaim the good news. There's a beauty in your life that I know you have because of Jesus. Friends, I think it's 475 people have died just in our city from this virus alone. We don't know our last days. We don't know if tomorrow when we die, where our friends are going to be, if their bodies are going to rot in the grave, or if God's going to take them and bring victory through them. We don't know if they've heard the beautiful story, but I know you have good news. What is the beautiful story? Here's the Facebook question for you all. What is the beautiful story? What beauty do you wish you could share with those around you? If you knew that they were going to die tomorrow, what is the beauty that you would wish that they would know? Herschel, I'm going to go to you first. What is the beauty that you wish you could share with everyone you know? That they could make, be made completely clean by what Jesus has done for us and that they could have life with him now and eternal life with him forever. That they could become completely clean. That God could wash them by the blood of the Lamb, wash completely clean, and then have eternal life with him forever. So good. Jeff, what about you? What beauty do you wish you could share with everyone you know? That their life could really find satisfaction. Absolutely. Carol, what about you? God loves them for who they are right now. Facebook, I'm looking at you. What is the beautiful story? What beauty do you wish you could share with everyone you know? Not knowing where they're going to be tomorrow. Not knowing if this virus might hit them or something else. That they would have eternal love. Joyce Ross. that you can walk in unfathomable joy despite your circumstances, despite your past, despite what you have or have not done. Thanks, Kate Edwards. There's peace and freedom in surrender to Jesus, absolutely. Abundant life, joy, peace, purpose. Thanks, Jim. Joy, unspeakable joys. Jesus has a special name and identity for me. And his love for me flows out of that unique relationship. That's great, Victor. 
Remind them that they are loved. That's great, Andrea. Jeff, the beauty of knowing the God of the universe who loves them. Steve, that we have hope and purpose which does not depend on what's happening. Church, this is so good. You have a beautiful, beautiful story. And your life is wrapped up in God's amazing work. Jesus' people have a beautiful story. And we need to be about sharing it today. This is our calling. Not to make something up, not to argue. Not to champion the things that are going to fade away. But to champion that we have been invited, you have been invited, into the most beautiful story the most beautiful thing that's ever existed in the universe. And it's God's redemptive work in the world to do all the things that you just shared, to bring life where there was no life, to redeem lives that have been broken and abused, to restore people no matter what they've been through. No matter what you've been through, if you're listening to this, I want you to know that God's story is at your doorstep right now. And he wants to invite you in to change whatever's happened into a place of peace and blessing, washed clean, so you can have joy no matter what's happened and that you can look forward to joy in the future. This is the blessing of Jesus, people. The beautiful story. In our lives, through our lives, but on a trajectory that's well beyond our lives that we're invited into. Romans 12, 12 hits this, I think, absolutely perfectly, and it's a scripture I want to leave to you as an encouragement. That you would rejoice in this confident hope, that you would be patient in trouble, and that you would keep on praying. I don't know what you've lost these days, I don't know what risks are upon you. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Nobody really does, except <laughs> that every district's going to be clamoring to get kids online. This is the day that God has asked us to be invited into his story, no matter what's going on. I pray that tomorrow you would wake up rejoicing in your confident hope that you have a beautiful story that you've been invited into, birthed into, and challenged to fulfill through the power of the Holy Spirit that you would be patient in trouble and that you keep on praying so that God's story of redemption would be active in your life. Today, you may not know that you have the opportunity to be adopted into a family, a family of story, a family of beauty that God has invited people into for thousands and thousands of years. From the beginning of creation, he invited Adam and Eve into his redemption story to care for the world, to be fruitful and multiply, to name blessing all over them. It was fulfilled in Jesus when he died on the cross and took every sin upon him so that everyone from Adam and Eve forward 
could be forgiven and set free to a beautiful story. I want to invite you to have that story birthed in you today. It's a simple prayer of thank you. Thank you. I forgot it now. It's such a simple thank you. Sorry. Please. Thank you. Sorry. Please. And I'd love for you to pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. Please forgive me from everything which I know is wrong. And would you just right now set your heart free by laying everything before the cross. Accept the invitation into God's beautiful story. Lord, please forgive me from everything which I know is wrong. God, I'm sorry for lifting other things up to my neighbors, to my friends, to my family, than you. God, I'm sorry for not speaking of you, who's most worthy of praise. I'm sorry, God, for putting my confidence in other things, in naming a story that really has nothing to do with your redemption. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Please come into my life, Lord Jesus. I want to make you Lord. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Amen. There were some words this morning. There was a team praying for you in a specific way. And those words, I think, are absolutely powerful. If you're watching today, uh, there's a good chance that you might respond to these words. We didn't know that they were going to be there, uh, but they are there, and they're for you this morning. I want to thank the team for praying this morning. Uh, specifically, those who are heavy-hearted or broken-hearted, God is saying, come to me and I will refresh you. Someone had a childhood dream that God would like for you to revisit. And um, specifically, don't hesitate to come to me, and I will refresh you. We're going to open up a Zoom room right now, and the link for that Zoom room is going to be on the feeds. For those of you who are on YouTube, if you would uh, put those up on the YouTube feed as well, we'd love for you to join a Zoom room where people have been trained to pray with you and welcome Jesus into all of life. This is our mission. That's a simple invitation. Would you welcome Jesus into what's going on in your life? So if those words correspond to something in you, great. If not, if you have any emotional, physical, or spiritual need, we would love for you to join this Zoom room. We have people that want to pray for you this morning. If you have said that prayer of invitation to join in with God's story, if you said that for the first time, or if you're saying it, if you're saying it again, if it's been a while, please join this Zoom room. We want to join with you in what God's doing because he is about restoring, redeeming, and welcoming you into his story. I want to thank you again for continuing to give financially. If, if you went to giving.missionvineyard.org and you're giving on a regular basis, you can set up a continual online giving. I'm thankful that God doesn't need our money and the church doesn't need your money. But I am thankful for those of you who are partnering with God's work in the church financially. It's a wonderful way. You authentic partners, you guys are, are actually doing this stuff. You're tangibly giving to the church, and I just want to thank you for being faithful to that, no matter what's going on to the world. For those of you who need assistance, I encourage you to go to care.missionvineyard.org. 
and fill out the simple application there. And we've got people trained more every day to be able to receive your needs and to take you to the next steps where we can um, just partner with you in what's going on, paying rent, uh, taking care of food. We want to make sure that there's no need among us. For the rest and for all of you, this week we're going to continue to invite you into small groups. Hopefully you'll be receiving a phone call or text or an invitation to a midweek group this week where you can just settle in with all the things that are going on in the world and receive prayer and a reminder that you have been invited into God's story no matter what's going on in your life. We're so excited about what God's doing continually at Mission Vineyard. Hopefully we'll have an announcement this week that we're going to be broadcasting from a new location that's not been finalized yet. You can continually pray for the church and its location abilities through this COVID-19 pandemic. It's really, really wonderful to be with you. I want to bless you, church. Would you receive this blessing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit that you would go out receiving the invitation into God's beautiful story that you would become a Jesus person. That you would have a wonderful story in your heart and for the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. I bless you in Jesus' name. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us today.